um, on behalf of Pastor Jacob and Michelle, uh, from our pastors, my pastor, Paul and I's pastor, um, they send greetings. I talked to him this morning, and he just sends his love, and just wishing that uh, everything goes well this morning, everything goes good, and we're going to try to get him over here one time to, yeah, <laughs> good, and so they're out of town today. Um, our church, you know, all the churches right now, uh, Lafayette, Broussard, uh, Old Town, we're about ready to start up a new campus on Johnson Street, Midtown. Our church is growing at an incredible rate. Um, over 100 people a week are getting born again. We're not only filling... <laughs> not, only, not only is God filling up our church, but we're filling up every church around there because we just really can't have... We're in a building program. We really can't build fast enough for what's going on right now. We're having to buy buildings that are already built and put up campuses all over the place just to handle the, the overflow of people. And I want to share with you a little bit this morning. I'm not going to be teaching on fathers this morning. I'm going to be teaching on prayer. I believe the, great, the, the reason why that God is, is blessing the church so much, number one, I believe we have incredible leadership, um, just like y'all do here. We're prepared. Our leadership is preparing for growth, preparing to handle the, the growth that God is sending. The other part is our leadership... We, we put a thrust behind prayer. Prayer is the key for growth. Prayer is the key to everything that we're, we're going through in the kingdom of God. I want to share some principles for a little bit this morning. Prayer is not boring. I've been serving the Lord for 34 years. Okay? Serving the Lord for 34 years. I've been praying for 34 years. Um, started off in prayer, praying about probably 10 hours a day, seven days a week. I was hired to pray. And just so happens now, I'm still hired to pray. <laughs> to think about it. And so I lead prayer. We have a bunch of prayer people. They're praying for our service this morning. I want to share with you this morning, prayer is not boring, but I want to share with you the power of prayer. I want to give you a glimpse into the spirit realm, into the word of God, of what prayer does. See, sometimes we look for the spectacular and we miss the supernatural. Watch this. Sometimes we're looking for lightning bolts, people falling down, earth opening up, fire, and we miss what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. And he's moving. Watch the things I'm going to share this morning. See if, see if you can find yourself in that uh, this morning. Let me share a little bit with you. Turn with me to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. And while we're going there, let me give you a, a funny joke that I heard, that I read about was really good. It was about an atheist and a bear. The atheist believes in evolution. So he was walking in the woods and saying, look, what, look at the beautiful trees that evolution has created. My, glorious trees. He looked at the woods and all. He said, how glorious all the woods are. He looked at the plants and said, man, this is so much beautiful plants. Uh, you know, then a rushing river. The river was, he was there. Look at this beautiful stuff. And he heard some noise coming up from behind him. And when he looked behind him like that, a bear started, a big a grizzly bear was coming out and was running towards him. All of a sudden, he took off running, and he's running, and the bear's catching up on him, so he's running a little bit faster. The bear is catching up on him, and he fell. He fell, and he rolled over. The bear was about ready to jump on him. He had a, his paw. He's about ready to hit him with his left paw, and his right paw was coming to grab a hold of the atheist. All of a sudden, the atheist cries out, Oh, God! All of a sudden, everything stopped. The, bread, the bear froze in his tract, in the air. The water stopped. The birds stopped singing. There was a bright light that came out of heaven. He heard a great voice say to him, You've been denying me all of, my, all of your life. You've been teaching people to deny my existence. And now, since you're about ready, that bear's about ready to eat you, are you telling me you want to be a believer now? And then the atheist is sitting down. He's starting to think, 
He said, well, you know, that would be kind of hypocritical of me. You know, I really could, yeah, just because I need you now, I'm going to cry out to you. He said, I'll tell you what, God, if you could do this, why don't you make the bearer Christian? So God said, so be it. And so the light went away. All of a sudden, the water started flowing. The birds started singing. The things started moving. And the bear came to life again. All of a sudden, the bear put his hands together and said, Father, I thank you for this food, which am I about ready to eat? <laughs> so, so I want to tell you something. An atheist becomes a believer. <clears throat> Luke chapter 11, verse 1. And it came to pass, as he was teaching in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Notice this. Prayer is taught, but the spirit of prayer is caught. You catch something. You get on the wind of something. You, something motivates you. Today, there's going to be an impartation of the spirit of God just motivating you Because once we start teaching about it, we're going to start showing you what it really does. And listen, how the devil has deceived a lot of us. Because we're not thinking something is happening because we're looking. When we pray, if we don't see a change immediately, all of a sudden we we just kind of say, well, maybe God didn't answer that. Well, let me me share some experiences with you while I'm here. Um. I've been praying all my life, and just so many, just God has met me so many, many times. Wake me up at all hours of the morning to pray for different things and different people. I remember this so distinctly one time, and you know, looking at the, we look at circumstances, we look at time. God, you know, if it doesn't happen instantly, we figure He's not doing anything, and that's so far from the truth. So far from the truth. I was praying one morning at 1.45, he woke me up, and I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, prayed for an hour or something. Then I went, went back to bed. And the word that he spoke to me after I finished praying was this, and the Lord remembered Abraham. That scripture came to me. The Lord remembered Abraham. So I finished, you know, I kind of walked away from that prayer time a little disappointed because nobody got, you know, more stuff than that. But, and so the Lord, and then in my thought life, I said, boy, that must have been a waste of time. And all of a sudden, I repented. I grieved the Holy Spirit. He came on me. I was grieved by him. You know, I grieved him. And, and so I said, Lord, forgive me. I don't know what it meant, but you know what it meant. I don't know who I was praying for, but you do. And so I went to bed. So the next day, I was fixing something in my business. I was fixing some drain pipes and whatnot. And I was going to Lowe's to pick up some stuff to repair some stuff with. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, no, don't go to Lowe's. Call this guy up. And I knew him. Call that guy up. He's, uh, he's licensed to do that. And that way, because you really don't, really don't know what you're doing. I, that, that's the truth. He said, go and get him. Call him up. And so I called this guy up. I said, could you come fix this for me? He said, yeah, I'll be there about 5 o'clock. So I'm waiting for him to come. It was on a Monday. We're closed on Monday afternoons. <clears throat> And um, so he came in. He looked depressed. He looked all depressed and whatnot. And so he's cutting some pipe. He's telling me all about his life story. That I am so bored to tears about everything he's saying. I'm sitting down on the table. I'm looking up. I'm waiting. He looks depressed. And he's telling me. He said, you know something? He had uh, relation problems. And he started telling me about his grandma. He said, you know. He called my brother Randy. Brother Randy. He said, you know something, my, my, my grandma was a Baptist. My grandma brought me and my brother to, to, to Sunday school every Sunday. She brought us to Sunday school every Sunday. She prayed with us every, every Sunday, every day she prayed with us, read the word of God to us. I said, okay, praise the Lord, that's good. So evidently you're a Christian, you know, so that was good. And so he kept on, and you know, he looked down, he was talking about all his girlfriend problems and all this other stuff. And he said, you know, my grandma, she's a Baptist. You know, I'm looking at the clock, it's two hours past, I am bored to tears. And he's talking, he said, she was a good, she brought us to Sunday school every Sunday. She prayed for us all the time. She did all these things, she prayed. She was a good, so man, I said, well, praise the Lord, that's good. 
Thank God for your grandma, you know. After about three and a half hours, he told me again. He said, you know, brother, my, my grandma was a Baptist woman. I said, okay. And you know something? She brought us to Sunday school every Sunday. She prayed with us all the time. She taught us the word of God and all that. I said, well, glory to God. That's good. I was just looking, get my stuff fixed so I can get out of here and go to my house. See how sometimes we get in the natural. Watch this. So he said, my grandma's dead. You know, she died about five or six years ago, seven years ago. So I said, well, all right. Well, you must know the Lord then, right? He said, no. I said, wait a minute. You've been talking about your grandma. You've been talking about your grandma telling you about the Lord and all this and when they were little boys. I said, well, you must know the Lord, right? He said, no. I said, well, let me rephrase that again. You must be born again, right? Because your grandma brought you to school, brought you to Sunday school. She prayed with you, taught you the word. And you know what he said? No. I said, well, do you know the Lord? I mean, I didn't really ask him because I figured, you know, he said, I don't know the Lord. And all of a sudden, I said, well, do you want to know the Lord? Come to figure. Now listen, I'm not feeling so spiritual. I'm feeling so carnal at the time. I want to go to my house. I'm tired and all that. I, if you had to ask me, did you feel anything? I didn't feel nothing. I felt so like I was so far from God at that time. I know I knew it wasn't, but I'd have to go by my feelings. I would have to say, yeah, that's right. So I said, I'll tell you what, let's pray. Now watch this. Watch, I'm going somewhere. I said, let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. I believe you're the son of God. You died for me. Went through all. All of a sudden, the power of God came in. Now listen, with a simple prayer. The glory of God came into that room. It hit him. He hit the a machine. He, never, he said, I've never cried in, a, in all my uh, adult years. I've never cried. He's weeping and he's six something. He's six something. Weeping and crying under the power of God. I've got the power of God on me. I'm renewed. I'm revived. And he's hugging me, weeping. I love you, Brother Randy. I love you. And then he's by, we're by a window. And I'm looking outside at the window. I said, man, people could be looking inside this building with a six foot, some guy hugging this little ball headed man, saying, I love you. They might think something funny with us, you know. All of a sudden, the Lord spoke to me. I remembered Abraham. When he prayed for Lot. And I got Lot out of Sodom and Gomorrah because of his prayer. That grandma that prayed and brought their children, her, her grandchildren to school all those years. Her prayers have been living before me in heaven. They don't die. Prayers don't die. They're always living before me in heaven. I, at this time, I poured her prayers back out to earth. The angels of God that set this whole situation up. I was working. They were working. The Holy Spirit's working. Everybody to bring this one person to the foot of the cross. And the night before when he woke me up and the only thing I heard, the Lord remembered Abraham. I thought to myself, boy, that was a waste of time. Talk about I hit the deck. And Lord, it's no waste of time. Because you see something? Her prayers, she was in heaven, but her prayers were still living. See, some of you have been praying for your children, your grandchildren. You've been praying for everybody, praying for, and you're looking at that. They're going wilder than they've ever been. Let me tell you, when you put that covenant back up to him, God is not a man that he should lie. He is faithful to his word. All of his promises are yes and amen, and he will fulfill those promises. Why? Because he, we're in covenant with him. You might not see it. Abraham didn't see all of the what was going to happen while he was here on earth. But he's seeing it now. A fulfillment of the promises of God. Jesus said... His disciples, Lord, teach us to pray. And he taught them to pray. He said, when you pray, say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. 
First of all, he said priorities. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Provisions, give me this day my daily bread. Protection, forgive me. Forgive us from our sins as we forgive others. Purity, leave me not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. See, we think that God's going to lead us into, no, God's not leading us into, he's saying, lead me not in the temptation. You know the areas I'm weak in. God knows the areas you're weak in. So start praying, Lord, deliver me from anger. If you got anger problems, deliver me from anger. Deliver me if I have this addiction that I'm struggling with. Lord, deliver me. You see, what you need is more grace in your life. I'm about ready to get to that in a minute. More grace, more of the Holy, less of you, more of the Holy Spirit flowing. What prayer does is release the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what it does. So look at, and he gives illustrations of this. He gives illustrations about a friend going to a friend at midnight. Then he says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and you shall be opened. And he goes over it again. Then he goes to verse 13. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? This is not just praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He's saying there, every time you pray, the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of grace, that brings about the kingdom of God in your life, in your marriage, in your children, in your church, in your community, is being released by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is being released. He's the Spirit of grace. He ministers grace. You know, in James chapter 4, it says that when you're struggling with anger or contention on the inside of you, you know what he says to do? You need more grace. He gives more grace to the humble. How does he do that? When we pray, he gives you more grace in your life. More power, more ability. Every time we pray, the Holy Spirit is released in our lives, released in our music, released in our services, when we, released in our community. He starts drawing people to the foot of the cross. He starts drawing. If you're ready, that net is ready. He will draw people into the net to get born again. Remember this. It's not by our power, nor by our words, but by the Spirit of God. See, he releases the Holy Spirit. When we start praying, if you want more of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit in your life, pray. I need more grace. I need more grace. Now watch this. Philippians, Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. The Apostle Paul says this, For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer." And the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Notice this. He said, when you start praying, something's going to change. Something's going to turn. Something's going to be moved around. I'm going to experience deliverance. I'm going to experience a change in my life. Something's going to happen because you start praying. Why? It's going to release a supply of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit comes to minister the deliverance. How many of you know when you're in a fight, when you're in trouble, when you're in warfare, the first thing the enemy wants to do is cut off the supply line. Isn't that right? Look, shut it down. If you don't have no water, no bullets, no diesel, you're out of, you're out of business. You can't fight anything. You know, it's the same thing with, with church. Every time we're going through a problem, we get so discouraged. We don't want to pray anymore. We don't feel like praying. We feel like God's so far away from us. But watch the beauty. Watch the beauty of the, the body of Christ. If you're going through something and you get discouraged, the Holy Spirit, Jesus feels it. He's the head. We're the body. A signal gets sent to the head. When you're in pain. And the head starts moving other parts of the body to bring comfort to that part that's hurting. So the Holy Spirit does this. Jesus gets it. He starts moving on somebody else to start praying for Billy. Start praying for Johnny. Start praying for Becky. Why? They're going through something. We need to open up more supplies to them. And guess what? That's what intercessory prayer does. When you get shut off here, you might shut me off here, but we'll open up seven more avenues to bring it here. That's why you need to be plugged in 
to our body. You need to be plugged in to a local church. If you're out there on your own, you're by yourself. And if you get discouraged, there is nobody else. Unless God sees that and said, all right, start moving. Now he does see it. Start moving. And let's, get, let's bring them back in. Does that make sense? Okay. I want to show you the effect of prayer in a battle that you're going through. Praying for your pastors, praying for your leadership, praying for your church, praying for your community, praying for the people that God put you, have, you have influence in, where you work. You're not there by accident. God put you there on purpose. And the reason he put you there, number one, is to pray for them, to pray for your boss, to pray for the people that you work with, to sponsor them into the kingdom of God. If you start praying, God will start moving in Eunice. I said this word. I gave this word to believe Brother Jamie a couple of years ago. Eunice in, in Eunice. I want to say that again. Eunice in Eunice. Something new God is doing in Eunice. I want to show you something of what happens when we pray. It's going to be great. Turn with me to Exodus. Exodus chapter 17. Exodus 17. Okay. Exodus chapter 17, excuse me, verse 8. Then came Amalek and fought against Israel in Rephidim. And you know some this morning as I was praying, I could really get off on chapter 17 and just teach it. But I can't. I mean, it's just, uh, let me just give you a nugget. Can I give you a nugget? Sometimes, watch this. Sometimes we're going through life where God is leading us and we, you're in the wilderness. Sometimes we get in the wilderness area of our life. But he brings us in the wilderness and we're at a place of Rephidim. You know what Rephidim is? It's a place of refreshing and a place of renewing. But you're in the wilderness. Lord, what is going on? I'm in the wilderness. I'm dry. I don't have anything flowing out of my life. But he brings you to the place of Rephidim. You know what Rephidim is? Listen, it's looking. It's a place of renewing. It doesn't matter where you are in your life. Listen, you're, you're renewing and you're refreshing and your economy is not based on the economy of this world or what anybody does or doesn't do. <clears throat> it's based on what you do and you have God with you. You know the first thing they did when they couldn't find water? You know, this is what they said. Moses, you brought us out here. It's your fault that we're dry. You're not giving us what we need. How many of you ever done that? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> Let me do that. Let me raise my hand. Okay? It's because of you. God was bringing him to the place. He showed him the place of wilderness was a place. And listen, I'm going to teach you faith. I'm going to teach you to trust in me. I'm right there with you all, all along. I'm right there with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He was trying to get them to call upon him to open up some water. He was bringing him to the place. Listen, if you cry out to me, I will open up the rock to you. I will cause your soul to be satisfied and renewed and refreshed even in the wilderness of your life. Even in the wilderness of your marriage, I'll cause it to revive again. I'll cause it to start flowing again. But instead of that, they looked at Moses and said, the reason I am the way I am is because of you. The reason I'm dry is because of you. And you know, Moses said, what are you looking at me for? The Lord led us over here. I have nothing to do with that. You know what Moses did? He cried out to God. So they missed their first test. God wanted to get them to the place. Cry out to me. What problem you're going through. Sometimes, listen, we want to bail people. Come on, let me bail you out, bail you out. And God's trying to get them to the place of trusting and faith in God. We want to try to help people get them out of everything they get into when we're missing the opportunity for people to learn.
to trust in God. Y'all say amen in this place? Okay. Moses cried out, God opened up a river in their wilderness. Look right here, right here. I teach men. I teach over 70 some men at our men's Bible study every week. And I always tell them, come look right here. I want to look in your eyes. I want to check your soul out. What are you going through today? What are you going through in your life? That you're in a wilderness in your life. What are you going through? It might be in your business. It might be in your relationship. It might be with your wife. It might be with your, 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 your husband. It might be in your walk with God. I'm so dry. I'm so thirsty. I need something. The tendency of the flesh is always to look at people to fulfill a need in your life. The tendency is always to look at people. The reason I'm not satisfied is because of you. The reason I am the way I am is because of my wife. She, y'all don't want me meddling on a Father's Day, huh? The reason I am the way, the reason I got this anger in me is because of you. You make me like that. So what you're saying, your wife is in control of you. That's what you're saying. Happy Father's Day. Glory to God. <laughs> is that all right if I meddle a little bit? I'm, okay, I'm a doctor, okay? I'm, have, I'm surgeon. I'm cutting some things out today. Look right here. Look right here. I don't want to be as sweet as good. It's my first time here. I want to make a good impression, okay? <laughs> I want y'all to call me back. It's not in your wife, and it's not in your husband. It's in you. God wants to meet your need. God wants to meet your need. Cry out. Come, let me take All right, let me, man, I'll tell you what. I got so many things going on. Let me. I still got time. I got plenty of time. Watch this. I cried out years ago. I've been born again for 34 years. I cried out to God. I really had an anger issue in my life. A bad, bad rejection. I had a rejection complex in me from whatever. And so I had an anger. My daughter used to push my button. She pushed my button. And she used to know how to look. She'd do it. I know none of y'all are like that, but I'm like that, okay? She'd push my button, and guess what? I'd re- react. She'd do something to me, and I would say, if I could get my hands on you, I'd ch-. And all of a sudden, my employees are all standing around. Forgive me, I'm a Christian. <laughs> the next day, she'd do the same thing. If I could only get my ah! And all my employees, and at 20-some at the time, they're standing up. Look, forgive me. I'm a Christian. About the fourth time we did that, fifth time, week after week doing this, all of a sudden they got the, yeah, we know, you're a Christian. We, we know that. I got so tired of that one day. Listen, that was my wilderness and Rephidim. A wilderness and Rephidim. Wilderness area, but refreshing. There's a place of refresh. Where? In your wilderness. God wants to open up a river in your wilderness. God wants to do something brand new in your wilderness. The reason that you're seeing it, the reason that you're not responding the way you want, is because it's a wilderness. It's without form, without void, and God wants to capture that place of your life. I went outside. I cried out to the Lord. I am a successful failure. I'm, listen, successful in business, making more money than I knew what to do with it. But failing in my relationship with my wife, failing in my relationship with my daughter, failing in relationship. And God met me 34 years ago and started teaching me how to renew my mind, how to pull strongholds down. Pull them down. Maybe if y'all get me back, I might teach y'all how to pull some strongholds down. But it all started off with this. I cried out to him and he opened up the rock to me. That rock is Christ. He opened it up to me. And then I renewed my mind. We pulled rejection down, anger down. I mean, all kind of stuff. And uh, 
Listen, uh, when Jesus came into the world to save sinners, I qualified. I needed help. Still need help. I stay close to him, ask him everything that's going on. So watch this. So now they're getting out. They just got, they just got some renewing going on. They got some water flowing. And verse 9, Moses said unto Joshua, Choose you out some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. And Moses' hands were very heavy. And they took a stone and they put it underneath him. And he sat thereon. Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands, the one on one side, the one on the other side. His hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Verse 13. And Joshua discomfited Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua. I will utterly put out the remembrance of Amalek under heaven. Moses built an altar and he called it Jehovah Nisi, the God of my banner, the God who delivers me, the God who fights my battles. Watch this. I want you to look at something. Um, was Moses called? Why oh, y'all gotta help me? Was he called of God? Great. Was he anointed? Was he in the will of God? Could it be you can be anointed, called of God, in the will of God, and still lose? Read it right there. When he let his hands down, Amalek started prevailing. Let me ask you, can you be called in your marriage? Anointed, appointed, right where the woman that God always had you with and still lose a battle. Huh? Watch this. That's why our leadership needs to be upheld. When I came on staff the first, I always prayed for Pastor Jacob. When he was going through struggling times, I want to tell you, God had it on me day and night. I was praying for that man. He'd call me up. I'd had the word of the Lord for him all the time. I was always encouraging. Today, I pray for him, him and his family every day. I've got hundreds of people around our churches praying for him every day. Why? Because if he goes down, the whole church goes down. Somebody said, well, no, I don't believe that. You smite the shepherd, the sheep will scatter. So we're praying, we're upholding his hands and all that. We're upholding him. Pray for him. That's why we need to pray for Pastor Jamie and Cheryl and their children, their family. Why? So that they have clarity of vision, that they're hearing the Lord, that they're anointed, renewed, and refreshed. When people are praying for me, when I teach, I call up my prayer warriors. Look, I'm going to teach. Please pray for me. When they're praying, I feel it. So, they, so watch this. Can you be where God wants you to be and still lose? Watch this. What was controlling that battle? Was it their natural ability? Was Joshua skilled at war? But yet he was losing the battle. What tipped the scale? Was it, was it his ability to fight or was it when Moses' hands went up? Something was released. There was super on his natural. Listen good. If you grab a hold of what I'm teaching, your prayer life will never be the same. It was super on his natural. Look at it. Right here. Watch it. Was it spectacular? Any lightning bolts come out of heaven? Was God dropping down any... um, what you call that? What a hail and fire. You didn't see none of that. You saw them fighting with their natural ability, but now they're touched. We miss God so many times because we're looking at if it's not spectacular, 
if somebody doesn't fall down, if they don't get healed the way we think they need to get healed. When people are going to the doctor, I'm praying for the doctors. Give them anointing. Give them wisdom. Show. Listen, I went through cancer twice. The reason I'm out of it because we prayed and asked God, give my doctors wisdom. Then after I came through it, I couldn't understand how I went through that cancer and how it... I just didn't understand that. I had cancer on my vocal cords. That's why I'm a little rough. Okay? God totally healed me. My doctors are turning me loose. But you know something? Watch this. Totally healed on my vocal cords and all that went through. I mean, you know, when they, they say cancer, you know, it's almost like, wow, hits you. I've been there. I know what that's like. We went home, we cried, we cried, we cried. And then we, let, let me tell you something, went and heard the Lord, prayed, and, and said, okay, we, we got all our stuff together, let's fight this thing. We're going to cry today, but tomorrow we're rising up, and we're going to fight this thing on the word of God. We're going to do everything we can. My doctor said, when I went to him, he said, you need to go into, we need to go into surgery tomorrow. I said, give me two weeks. He said, what do you want two weeks for? He said, I said, I want to believe God. He said, well, go ahead. So I went preach at Pastor Bubba's church. At the end of that service, I couldn't talk. I was... So I figured, I said, well, Pastor Bubba's not going to get me back there to preach again because, I mean, I'm fighting cancer and I'm, I'm believing God. So I called up the doctor when I got back. I said, let's go two weeks. It's just I didn't receive my healing, so let's go. Let's go get it this way. God's going to heal me this way. So they went in. They stripped everything. They took, I had to go to a month and a half of radiation on my vocal cords. I couldn't talk, couldn't swallow. But in the meantime, the Lord told me, spoke to me. He said, don't stop. Don't stop doing what you're doing. I was teaching Bible studies every week, up to 90 men a week, counseling marriages, seeing people, doing all that. And the Lord told me, don't stop doing what you're doing. See, a lot of times we want to sit home and have a pity party is the worst thing you can do when you're going through something. Sometimes you just need to rise up and get people around you. Keep doing, keep serving. What he told me, keep serving me. Keep praying. Keep planting seed. Keep pursuing and keep praising me. Keep praising me. All of a sudden, I got finished with this. I had a little pain in my throat. So my wife said, you ain't messing with that. You're going back to the doctor again. So I went back to the doctor. So they put a pet, gave me a pet scan. Went to a pet scan. They said, look, come meet me. You know when a doctor tells you, come meet you? They could have told me over the phone, but no, come meet me. I said, oh, Lord. He said, I got good news and bad news. I said, give me the good news. Good news, you don't have cancer on your vocal cords. You got cancer in your chest. So me and Paula looked at that. He said, Randy, this is what he told me. He said, the cancer that you, we found on your chest, he said, if we don't find this, you're a walking dead man. Somebody in heaven is looking after you. Think about that. Paula and I, we started thanking the Lord. We thanked the Lord that, watch this, watch this, I'm going to finish with this. We started thanking the Lord, praise God. You found the thing. You found it. I didn't even know about it. They didn't even know about it. He said, you got to get your chest cut open. We got to open up your chest like open heart surgery to take it out. A week before that, I'm scheduled, I'm going through all the stuff. A week before that, I'm in my living room, you know, thanking God, praising God, doing what he told me to do. All of a sudden, there was a wind of the presence of the Lord that came in. And the word of the Lord came to me. Oh, not this woman. That's when he's speaking to me, his word, in Luke chapter 13. Oh, not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, be loose from her infirmity on the Sabbath day. When that word came into me, it was alive. I said, if she has a right to be healed, I got a right to be healed. If she has a right to be free, I've got... You see, the word wasn't just information. Now the word was revelation. Information doesn't change nothing. You have the potential to change. Revelation changes everything. I told her, I told her, I said, Polly, Jesus, just heal me. She said, how do you know? I said, well, he spoke to me. He gave me this word. I'm loose from death. I'm loose from cancer. I'm free from it right now. I'm loose from it. Went into surgery. My doctor took it out. It's supposed to be a two-hour surgery, 35 minutes. It's all over. They're closing me back up, sending me in my room. 
They took it all out. They sent it to MD Anderson to get tested. Benign. They sent the, the, the other biopsy to MD Anderson. Thymus carcinoma. Fast moving. Hard to cure. Randy, you got a hard road ahead of you. Watch this. God heal me. In that whole deal, fighting a battle. When you're going in a battle, I have more people praying for me. People from every church, they were all praying for Baptists, Pentecostals. The only ones that weren't praying for me was apostolic. But I mean, uh, I would have taken probably taken their prayer too. Come on with it, pray for me. I mean, you know when you're going through something, you're asking everybody to pray for you. Watch this. See, in this, it wasn't a very spectacular. I didn't fall down or anything. But we prayed for the doctors that they would have wisdom. My oncologist called me up. We found out where it came from because you and Polly prayed for us. She told me that on the phone. The reason we found out, they didn't know they were scratching their head. They couldn't find out where it started from. She called me back in three days. We found it. She was ecstatic. She said, you got a rare cancer. Can you believe that? You know, I can't believe that. Watch this. See, we look at stuff as spectacular and supernatural. If it's not spectacular, we figure God didn't answer the prayer. Supernatural. We prayed for all doctors. We prayed for all of them. And they found out what was wrong. And God did heal me and was a witness to them on what he had already done. Good? Watch this. Your leaders need to be upheld. Okay, now I know. I felt that shot. (laughs) Leaders need to be upheld. Watch this. Praying for your leaders. Praying, upholding them. Today you're going to see in your, I think we gave everybody something. We put this together a couple of years ago. Seven prayers for seven days. Praying for your leaders. On Monday, we have this prayer. We pray. Watch this. Pastor Randy, what about, what about me? If I start praying for my leaders, what about me? What's going to happen to me? When you start praying for your leaders, what you're praying comes right back on you. As you would have other people do to you, do it even unto them. You start putting your eyes on other people, other people will put their eyes on you and start praying for you. How many of you know every time you look at your situation, you focus just on you, you really get depressed? Or I'm the only one that ever happens to. When I start looking at just the stuff I'm going through, oh my God. But I started looking, you know why the Lord told me? Don't stop doing what you're doing. He got my attention off of me and on others. Let the river keep flowing. Let the river keep flowing out of you. God told Abraham, come out of your tent. Look at the stars. And when there's fog, look at the sand. Keep your eyes on the promise and not on your problem. Keep your eyes on where you're going and not on where you're at. I believe this is a word for some of you in here. Lift up your eyes from where you are right now. Lift up your eyes from where you're at right now. Focus, lift them up and look to the promise of God. God will get you out of everything and anything. It might not be spectacular, but I promise the day we start praying, he starts working it from heaven in the other realm which you cannot see. And this is what I know for sure. It will always be exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could ask or think. Amen. I'm coming here just to plant the seed this morning. Plant some seed. Give you some some illustrations from the Word, some examples how God moved in my life. And I want to tell you something. I'd love to share some stuff with you about some stuff that we did. You have five more minutes? Watch this. Y'all going to laugh at this. It's good, though. The Holy Ghost, how many of you know the Holy Ghost loves to do stuff that's just unusual? But it's great. I um, 
I had a phone call from one of the secretaries at Broussard Church. And he said, uh, Pastor Randy, you need to go to Avery Island. There's a man named George there. He's dying of cancer. Hospice is there. The family's there. Family goes to the church. They want a pastor to go and pray for him. Well, I said, I tell you what, I've got to go to the Broussard campus in council this afternoon. So what I'll do, I'll just go to Avery Island, and I'll swing back to Broussard Council, and we'll take care of that. No problem. So I went there. Uh, uh, their house was on Avery Island Road. I knocked at the door. They opened the door. I said, y'all waiting for me? They said, no. I said, okay. I said, well, uh, um, <clears throat> did the church call y'all up? They said, no. I said, well, is George here? Yeah, George is here. I said, I said, well, they opened up. Come on in. Everybody's in there. We got hospice and everybody else. So George is over there. I said, your name's George? Yeah. I said, well, you're going through a tough time, they tell me. That's what the church told me. They told me that you're going through a tough time. He said, I'm going through cancer, terminal cancer. Hospice is here and all that. Well, I said, you're the one I'm here for. That's why, that's why I'm here. I said, the church didn't call you? He said, no. And everybody's there looking around. I said, your name is George, right? He said, yeah, my name is George. So I said, well, you know what I'm here for? So I prayed for him and got everything right with him and everything's good. So I go do my counseling and I go back to my home. So the next morning, I get a phone call from Stephanie at the Broussard campus. Pastor Randy, yeah, that family that you're supposed to go pray for yesterday, they're mad because you didn't go. I said, look, I said, I did go. I said, you're talking about George? He said, yeah. I said, I did go pray for them. I wouldn't tell you something and do something else. I said, I went pray for him. He was on Avery Island. I said, hospice was there. He's in the room. His name is George. I said, that's right. I went and I prayed. They said, listen, the family's fuming. They're mad because you didn't go. I said, well, give me their phone number. So I called them up. I said, listen, I went pray for George yesterday. Well, we don't know. But they're asking you to come again. Or come. I said, I didn't go there yesterday. Not that we know of. I said, is his name George? Name George. I said, I'll tell you what. I'll go back and meet you. Come meet me at the little store in Avery Island. So, man, I park it. I'm waiting for him. They drive up. You Pastor Randy? I said, I'm Pastor Randy. Let's go. Let's go pray. So, man, we're going down the road. And here's that house I prayed for George at right here. I'm going down the road. And we're passing it up. And I looked, <laughs> I looked, I said, oh my God, I prayed, I said, his name is George, I went in the wrong man's house, and I prayed for him, so we got to this other guy's house a mile and a half down the road, so we get in there, the family's all there, hospice is there, so I walk in, I ask the guy, he's lying down, I said, let me ask you something, your name George? <laughs> he said, my name is George. I said, they tell me you're going through a tough time. Yeah, I got internal cancer. And that hospice and all my family's here. I said, well, I want to tell you something. I'm sorry I didn't come yesterday because I prayed for a George just like you about a mile back. I said, let me ask you something before we pray. They got any more Georges around here? <laughs> I pray for all of them. Watch this. Just think, how do you think, is that a setup or not? Going to the, living in the same community, a mile apart. They're both named George. They're both going through the same thing. And I led him to the Lord. You know what I heard when I prayed for that man? The Spirit of God came upon me. All that men might praise him for his loving kindness and his goodness to the children of men. And boy, I heard the Holy Ghost speak so clearly in me. And he was almost yelling it out. Oh, that men might praise him for his goodness and his loving kindness to the children of men. This man hadn't served God all of his life. But on his dying bed, he cried out, God, move heaven and earth together to bring salvation to them. How much more 
you and I when we pray. Think about it. How much more you and I when we pray that he moves. He gets this one, come move over here. Get this and move it over here. Get this and move it over here. Move it over here. He brings the right people in your path at the right time to say the right thing, to touch you at the right place, to do all these things. Isn't that good? The loving kindness of the Lord. Amen. I want to lead you in prayer this morning. I want you to put your hands together and give Jesus a hand clap this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. I want to lead you in prayer this morning. We're going to pray for your pastors. How many of you love Pastor Jamie and Cheryl? I want to tell you something. Wonderful people. Wonderful people. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we worship you and we thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy. You're a good, good father. And we're blessed by you. That's who we are and that's who you are. You are wonderful and beautiful to me. You're so wonderful, so beautiful to me. You're all that I want. And Lord, you're all I'll ever need. You are wonderful and beautiful to me. If you can remember that, sing it with me. You're wonderful and beautiful to me. You are wonderful and beautiful to me. You're all that I want, and you're all I'll ever need. You are wonderful and beautiful to me. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness. And I want you to repeat after me. Say this with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, your kingdom come. Your will be done in Pastor Jamie and Cheryl's life, in their home, in their spirit, in their soul, in their emotion, in their finances. We pray today, your kingdom come, your will be done in their lives. I pray blessings upon them. I pray that their emotions be blessed. I pray for a fresh anointing. I pray that you increase them in favor. Increase them in strength. Let a fresh anointing come upon them. Let fresh passion come upon them. Reveal yourself to them in a new way. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for my pastors. Now, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life, in my will, my emotions, my memory. Help me to renew my mind. Bless me today. Enlarge me today. Reveal more of yourself today in my life. I pray your blessings, your anointing, your power, your favor to come upon me as it is in heaven. So let it be in my life. I pray for my wife. I pray for my husband. I pray for my marriage. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. I command strife, division, anger to lead my marriage. To lead me now in the name of Jesus. I pray for the kingdom of God. To come in my marriage. I pray that my eyes be open. And be renewed. To the image of Christ. I pray that I stand perfect. 
and complete in all the will of God. Say this would be Father in the name of Jesus. I pray for my children. Satan, you can't have my children. I bind you in the name of Jesus. I pray your kingdom come. Your will be done in my children's life. Protect them physically, sexually, and your purpose. Protection, Lord. Let the angels of the Lord encamp around them to keep them, protect them, preserve them in the name of Jesus. I pray today, increase your anointing, increase your power in my life to be a witness right now. More of you, less of me. I pray for revival at OSC. I pray for Eunice right now. We claim it for the kingdom of God. I call people out of darkness. I call them out of dead religion. Wait a while. Hold on. Look right here. I want you to say that with a little bit more oomph. Okay, now just say this with me. I call them out of darkness. I call them out of dead religion. Come out. Come out. In the name of Jesus. I pray for revival. I pray for newness. In newness. In the name of Jesus. I pray for the power of God. The conviction of God. To come upon my work. Come upon every business place. Come upon newness. In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for marriages today. Lord, we pull down strongholds of strife and division in marriages right now. In the name of Jesus, we pull down the foot of pride. We break it in the name of Jesus. We pray for humility. Lord, I pray for a humble heart, humble minds to flow in the marriages today. Father, I pray that eyes would be open to see beyond the problem. I pray that the cycle of bickering and fighting would be broken today. In the name of Jesus, I pray for reconciliation to come. Reconciliation to come in the name of Jesus. Father, for people that are struggling with rejection in their souls, right now, I curse the root of rejection. I curse that in the name of Jesus. I command it to die. And Father, I pray for each and every person that's suffering with rejection. Say this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I forgive that person that hurt you right now. Let it go. Let it go. The weapon is rejection, but the way you accept it is unforgiveness. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon. Forgive your daddy. Forgive your mama. Forgive your boss. Forgive your ex. Right now, forgive it. God's going to heal you of rejection. God's going to break it out of you. You make the move, God will deal with it. God will move on you. And so, Father, we thank you right now. Say this with me. I'm accepted in the beloved. Perfect love. Cast out all fear. The love of God is being perfected in me. God loves me a lot. God loves me deeply. I am his beloved. In the name of Jesus, I'm loved by God. My heart is filled with the love of God. In Jesus' name. Lift up your hands with me. Father, we pray today for a fresh touch and a fresh filling. Many have come into the wilderness of Rephidim. You brought them to Rephidim. 
wilderness in their finances, wilderness in their emotions, wilderness in their relationships. But you want to bring a refreshing. So I pray today, right now, cry out, cry out to God. Father, in Jesus' name, refresh me. Renew me. Revive me. Revive our relationships. Revive us, Father. Pour out your blessings upon us. Pour out your blessings upon us today. Renew us and revive us today in the name of Jesus. We thank you now. 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 We thank you now.